Good morning, Maranatha. This is Pastor Evangelist Robert Venable, and it is time for Sunday Morning Alive, a Sunday morning sermon right here on our website. Now, there are sermons all over the place. Many preachers are preaching the gospel today, some for the wrong reasons, out of greed and avarice and a desire to just get rich (laughs) off the back of poor, desperate people looking for answers in their life. A friend of mine, there's some genuine ministers of the gospel that are preaching the gospel because they care about the souls of men and women, boys and girls, and where they spend eternity. I want to be one of those ministers today. I know there has been a lot of, of, of false prophets, false teachers, false preachers, false apostles And we're warned about that in Scripture, and we're told that in the last days, it's going to get worse than it's ever been. Amen. They asked Jesus, what is the sign of your coming? When shall these things be? And he said, many false prophets will go out into the earth, one of the signs, and they shall deceive many. And because iniquity shall abound, the love of many will wax cold. That is what creates the falling away that will occur uh, just before the Antichrist himself is revealed and come to its apex under the Antichrist reign in the first three and a half years of the tribulation. Many, many, many will fall away from the faith. This is talking about those in the Christian community. This is talking about people who one time named the name of Jesus but do no longer, that turned away from the faith. Amen. Friend of mine, we don't need messages today that encourage people to get more comfortable in this fallen world and to follow the flow away from God. But we need people that will motivate others today. Hallelujah, to follow Jesus, to cleave to God, to hold on tight to our faith and not give any ground to the devil. Praise God. Amen. I want to talk to you today, and this is not a little little New Year's nugget thing. I believe the Lord is calling, if I've ever heard him call, for his prayer warriors to come forth, to report for duty. He's calling up. Someone has said it one time, if when God wants to do something big, he sets his people a praying. Hey man, I'm from Kentucky and I've heard that term many times growing up in a Christian family. When God wants to do something big, he sets his people a praying. Hallelujah. God has decided in his sovereignty to operate in, in tandem and in, in conjunction with man, with women, with boys and girls. When we pray the will of God, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Why should we have to pray that? He's going to do it. He's almighty because he has made the decision to work with us to get his will done, even to get his word into the earth and accomplished. 
He says in the Old Covenant, I will do nothing except I first reveal it to my servants, the prophets. They speak the word. He confirms and carries out the word. Praise God. Amen. It's God and man working together. And in this particular area, there is a need for teaching and there's a need for people who are not prayer warriors to become prayer warriors. Because every time we pray, we get involved in spiritual warfare. We get involved in spiritual warfare. And the devil fears God doing mighty things in answer to prayer. So here's the title. Here's the title of this message. 2024, the year of mighty answers to effective intercession. The year of mighty answers to effective intercession. There are prayer warriors that have been praying for years for people in the Middle East in in those countries and along with Israel to come to know Jesus Christ as their savior and there are encounters being being testified of by uh, by people in the muslim community that have met jesus that have seen jesus either in a dream or a vision or heard him speak to them and accepted him as their savior there are many jews that have accepted Jesus as their true Messiah and their Savior. Praise God. Amen. But this year, because God is calling, and I'm saying this not as a prophet, but I'm saying it as a pastor, evangelist that has walked with God, talked with God, lived through all of these years of Christian service, having many battles with the devil (laughs) and many victories in Jesus. This year, God is calling up his prayer warriors to report for duty. Someone has said it well. Satan trembles when he sees the weakest Christian on their knees. Because the moment we begin to pray, we move beyond all of the natural things we can do as Christians to to see people saved and delivered and set free and see mighty changes in answers to prayer. We move into a spiritual dimension, a spiritual uh, warfare attitude and atmosphere. For the Bible said the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God. When do they become mighty through God? That's what we want to address today. They are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that would exalt itself against the knowledge of God, bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Jesus Christ. The Bible says the God of this world, here's the warfare part of that. That's why all of our natural, carnal, good-intended programs will not take the place of effective intercession in spiritual warfare. The God of this world, Satan, little g, God of this world, has blinded the minds of men, lest they would see the glory of the gospel, the need 
for forgiveness and reconciliation to God and Jesus as the mediator between God and man. They can't, they, they can't see what we're saying in essence. They can hear it with their ear because we get the gospel out there, but they can't see what we're saying until the scales fall off of their eyes and they see it for their self. And that comes as we intercede for them the weapons of our warfare. And here's the warfare in Ephesians 6 and beginning with verse 10. Listen, the reason this is so important is because the devil is pulling out all the stops to blind and bind every person on this planet that he can. Friend of mine, I believe when the gospel is preached, when the gospel is brought forth, saturated with intercessory prayer, we have already done battle in the heavenlies for the minds of men. And the mind is the, is the gateway to the heart and the, and the will and where, where the person changes their mind about the direction they're headed instead of running from Christ, they begin to run to Jesus Christ. When the scales fall off of those blinded eyes today, a oh, friend of mine, the great the great revivalists of old were known for their intercession. They prayed mighty intercessory prayers, and God did mighty things in answer to those prayers. If God is calling up his prayer warriors, and not only calling up those who are already prayer warriors, but calling you and me and others like us that that have I've been more I, I am a prayer warrior and I am receiving my call but I'm also receiving a call to pray more and more fervently than I have ever prayed in all my years of ministry and we just celebrated 50 years as pastor evangelist president director of the Holy Church of God incorporated it right here in Tampa, Florida, half a century. But right now, I feel a call of God to pray, not just to continue to preach like I've never preached before, but to pray like I've never prayed before. Will you join me? Will you answer this call to effective intercession? Because the Scripture said in James 5, 15, the effectual, the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. One translation said it's mighty in its working. Goes on to say Elijah was a, he was a man subject to like passions as we are. He wasn't some super individual with some kind of, of, of super spiritual, uh, status. He was just like us. He had flesh to deal with, fears to contend with, and yet he prayed. <laughs> he prayed God would shut heaven for three years. God shut it. And then he prayed God would open heaven, and God opened it. And this mighty 
supernatural move of God to bring correction and then bring grace and restoration. I'm going to tell you right now, amen. He was just like us, but he prayed and the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man, woman, boy, or girl, availeth much, is mighty in its working. Let's look at something here. In Ephesians chapter 6, beginning with verse 10, first thing I want to talk to you about is the adversary. The second thing is the armor necessary, essential to defeat our adversary. And number three, the arena of battle where this battle is won or lost. And we need to understand this. It's all right here in Ephesians chapter 6. First, the adversary. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. You see, this is spiritual stuff. You can't do it in the power of your own resolve to do this and to do that or to get this done. Our programs are ineffective without God's Spirit moving in answer to prayer. Listen, be strong in the Lord in what? The power of our influence, the power of our our eloquence, the power... You know what the Apostle Paul said? He said, I, he said, when I was with you, I wasn't with you to the church at Corinth. I was not with you with the enticing words of man's wisdom, but in a demonstration of spirit and power. Amen. The Bible goes on to say, amen, this gospel did not come in word only, as important and vital as it is, but it came in power and in the Holy Ghost, and with much assurance. The disciples said, the apostles said, we preach the gospel with the Holy Ghost sent down from heaven. It said we went everywhere and preached the gospel, the Lord working with them, confirming the word with signs following And the reason that occurred is because when they were threatened with death or imprisonment and death, uh, (laughs) they would have killed them when the first miracle occurred at their hands. But they feared the people because they could not deny in the book of Acts that a mighty work had been done, that a crippled man who never had walked, a lame man, leaped and walked and praised God. God, and they feared the people, or they would have killed them, but they threatened them with death, and they prayed, they prayed, Lord, behold their threatenings, and stretch forth thine hand, stretch forth thine hand, counter this threat with the supernatural outpouring of your spirit to heal and deliver and set free and save Stretch forth your hand to heal, and that signs and wonders be done by the name of thy holy child, Jesus. Hallelujah. Powerful, supernatural answers to effective intercession. The Lord working with them. How many believe we need the Lord working with us? We've got, we've got programs. We've got books on how-tos. We've got all of this stuff. But nothing 
can take the place of the mighty Holy Spirit that was poured out on the day of Pentecost. I'm not talking about a liver shiver on Sunday morning. I'm talking about the power that Jesus promised. You shall receive power. Dunamis is the Greek word, and it means literally, I know it doesn't mean dynamo. That's a, that's so, so, so far beneath what this involves. It doesn't mean dynamite, an explosion of power that dynamite is capable of. No, dunamis doesn't mean dynamo nor dynamite. It means supernatural ability. God's power brought to bear. The same power that was released when God said, let there be a firmament. (laughs) And as the Spirit of God was brooding over the earth and over, over the vastness of the universe, when God spoke, let there be, He, the Holy Spirit, created what God spoke. (laughs) Hallelujah. Praise God, friend, when that kind of power, it can't be compared to anything that man can create, including the nuclear bombs that we have and missiles that we have that are so horrendously fearful today. This is the power of God that created heaven, earth, our universe, and everything that's in them. This is all resident in the Holy Spirit, and He's come to be resident in us and to be released as God's will and purpose desires to answer prayer. Hallelujah. No wonder the devil is upset when we begin to commit ourselves to this, this office of spiritual warfare and spiritual warriors. That is what we're going to see here. Listen to it as we go down through it. Finally, my brethren, this is the armor that the adversary rather be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might, of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles, which means literally the strategies of deceit of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and against powers and against the rulers of the darkness of this world. God of this world using these spiritual forces to blind the heart and souls of men and women, boys and girls, and against spiritual wickedness in high places, heavenly realms. Wherefore, in light of this adversary that we have to contend with, we're going to have to do it with spiritual weaponry. Let's look at the armor in verse 13. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God that you might be able to withstand in the evil day, having done all to stand. Stand, therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, having on the breastplate of righteousness, your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked, flaming arrows of the wicked one, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Hallelujah. 
And next, after you put the armor on, because you recognize it's going to take spiritual weapons to wage spiritual warfare against these spiritual forces in heavenly places. Verse 18 says, here's the arena of battle. Now this is, this is where the breakdown many times comes. This arena of spiritual warfare. I'm with the pastor's organization, All Pro Pastors. I have been part of that, meeting with three other ministers for 11 years and counting. And one of the statistics that comes out is the average minister, average pastor, evangelist, the average, thank God there are those above average, and this is not everyone, but across the board in the polls that have been taken, They pray about 15 minutes a week. 15 minutes praying over the the supper, the breakfast, praying for a sermon for Sunday morning, something that we can bring and, and, and staying up late Saturday night cramming because we've been too busy to spend time in prayer. And we're so busy preparing the sermon, we do not prepare the one who's going to bring it properly. We do not see the answers and we feel like we're failing because we preach and we don't see the supernatural mighty power of God manifest in lives being saved and transformed. People being delivered and set free. A revival breaking forth. Friend of mine, it will only come in this arena. It will only come in this arena. Praying, praying, praying. You you recognize this is a spiritual warfare. You recognize the adversary. You put on the armor of God. You've got all the weaponry of God's own arsenal to fight with. In fact, it's His own armor. And now, where does that all come into play? Whether we either win or lose is in this arena of battle. This is the spiritual battlefield that we have been made aware of. We've been given the best weapons, weapons that outnumber and overwhelm and overcome the enemy. If we stand in this arena, Hallelujah. We will win the battle. We will see the victory. Praying. Praying. Always with all prayer and supplication. In the Spirit. And watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. Paul said, when you do this, you pray for me also. That utterance may be given unto me that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel. He said it's going to take effective spiritual warfare in effect, effectual intercession. For the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. In the spirit, I believe, means not just in tongues only, but directed and motivated by the Holy Ghost, unctioned by the Holy Ghost. Apostle Paul said, I'll pray with my understanding. I will pray with the Spirit. I will pray with my understanding. I will pray when I know how to pray. But he said, 
We don't always know how to pray as we are. We don't always know how to, how to come alongside the will of God and pray thy will be done. We don't always know the will of God or the how and the when and the why. Therefore, we rely on the Holy Spirit for he searches the deep things of God. Paul said, I'll worship with my understanding. I'll worship with the Spirit. I'll pray with my understanding. And I will pray with the Spirit. Underscore in the Spirit. This is where that unction comes from. This is where the fervency that makes prayer so effective comes from. Don't, don't make faith a do all. Don't, yes, this is when we release our faith. But God is looking for more than the release of our faith. He's looking for you and me to stand in the gap and make up the hedge. For the weapons, listen to it, of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God. To the pulling down of strongholds. Cast, this is in the mind that Satan has, has blinded with darkness. That they would see the glory, see the light. Hear, see what we're saying when we preach the gospel. When they see it, I'm not saying everyone will be saved, but people will see that there's only two ways before them. Blessing, cursing, life and death, heaven, hell, light and darkness, Satan or Christ. Listen, friend, we need a revival. The hour is late. The time is short. And we are told in the scripture, arise from the dead. Christ shall give you light. Redeeming the time. Utilizing the time. Buying up the time. For the days are evil. And the rulers of the darkness of this world are relentless. They are not letting up, blinding the minds of men. But our weapons are to go against all of this hierarchy of demonic, satanic forces. And we can put on God's armor. Hallelujah. Amen. I like that song that says, says the, 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 inside all this armor, there's a child. Yes, there is. The children of God can put this armor on. No one else can, but we can. And that's why God is calling us to effective spiritual warfare. You say, preacher, I don't, I don't do that. I, my wife prays every now and then. I hear her going on there. I, I, I bring home the bacon. I, 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 and wives work too. I understand. Listen, I, I, I protect my family. I do this. I take care of the plumbing when it breaks. I take care of this. I take care of that. I do the manly things. She does the, the women things like praying and, and, you know, over certain things. I may ask the blessing when I sit at the head of the table on Thanksgiving, but my wife does this, that intercession stuff, I guess what she's doing. Listen, friend, amen. You won't be, you won't be the head of your house. Become the priest in your home. I want to say that loud and clear, brethren. God's calling you. You have a, a specific place. I'm not saying this doesn't diminish the power of prayer through a child even. 
But I'm saying to you many times we guys step aside and we, we, we kind of delegate that to when we think of prayer warriors in churches, most of the time we think of those ladies who have that time to spend in prayer. I'm not saying men have it like that. I am saying that when a man prays over his family, when he stands in the gap, when he makes up the hedge, amen, when he decides to become a spiritual warrior, achieving spiritual warfare victories, when a man does it, there's something about that. For God has called us not to just be the head of our family, but the priest in our home. I'm always honored when my wife, uh, there's something really important, and she will come to me and say, you're the priest in our home. I want you to pray about this. And we pray together. But my headship is also my priestship. And I don't lord anything over her. She's equal, listen, <laughs> in Jesus Christ, neither male nor female, bond nor free, Jew nor Greek, we're one in Him. But there is a husband and a wife and children in a home. And the husband has his place biblically, not culturally. I'm not talking about this crazy, mixed-up upside-down, fallen world, sin-darkened world. I'm talking about the kingdom of God. The world is in a constant changing in flux. But the kingdom of God, the kingdom we've received, is a kingdom which cannot and will not be moved. Hallelujah. In God's kingdom, there is a husband and a wife and children. And if we're going to be the head of our house, we need to be the priest of our home. And we need to allow God to help us to become men who pray. And you women who are already prayer warriors, or some of you women who aren't, God is calling you. God is calling you. I'm convinced of that. God is calling you to be a prayer warrior. I talk, oh, I don't want to go into, uh, our time won't let us. Let, let me tell you this about the arena battle. I was in Washington, D.C. years ago. I think when Reagan was president, I've been preaching for 50 years. My preaching history goes way, way back. But with a pastor from each state in America at that time, one came from Florida. The computer picked him. God picked me. He sent me there, and one of the reasons, down through the years, I've seen why, and now I'm seeing it more clearly than ever in 2024. Because I got to hear the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff speak to us as Christian ministers and conservative voters. And he said, I want you to pray that we will have the the money we need through the Congress and the Senate, that we will have the money we need to get what we need. Said so we got weapons. We've got men and women in our military that are above and beyond uh, any military in the world in their commitment and patriotism. But what we need desperately, we need more ships and planes that can get them quickly to the field of battle. 
We need to get them quickly to the field of battle. And without going into a lot of detail, this is what he said. He said, you can have a a person who has the potential to be the heavyweight champion of the world, to take the crown and the belt from whoever has that belt living in the Bronx. But if you can't get him from the Bronx to Madison Square Garden on the night of the fight, he loses by default. And I remember scribbling that in my mind and imprinting it in my mind and scribbling it in my Bible. Prayer. This arena of prayer is where the armor comes into play, where the adversary is defeated or whether we lose by default. And I believe because we're so leaning on man's, man's programs to get this work done. And that's why it is not getting done. And the church as we know it is losing ground. And for the first time in the history of America, there's a lot of people where it says, what is your faith or your religion? And they're, that we call them nuns, N-O-N-E-S, nuns right now. Because 23% of people filling it out put none, no religious affiliation. Friend of mine, not only is atheist, the atheists are out there and the agnostics are out there, but there are people out there that said, I don't identify with God, with anything to do with religion. That's because the God of this world and spiritual wickedness In high places and the rulers of the darkness of this world are prevailing while the church is looking for a new program, another how-to book to build a church more concerned with bucks and budgets than the souls of men and women, boys and girls. The weapons of our our warfare are not carnal underscore that, but they're mighty through God with God's armor in the arena of intercession. When we get in that arena, when we bow our knees or bow our hearts and we cry out to God as His children, hallelujah, it releases mighty power for the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man, someone right with God, it availeth much. And the blood of Jesus has given us the gift of righteousness so that we could pray just like Elijah did. A man subject to like passions as us, but he prayed in the will of God, and God answered supernaturally. Praise God. I want to read it from the Amplified in closing. Pray at all times, on every occasion, in every season, in the Spirit, with all manner of prayer and entreaty. To that end, keep alert and watch. Didn't Jesus say watch and pray? Lest you enter into temptation and watch, interceding in behalf of all the saints, God's consecrated people. When we pray for one another, when we pray for one another, collectively, corporately, interceding for each other, 
We stand strong and mighty. Praise God. I'm undergirded by people praying for me. That's what holds me up when the heat is on. There are people who are interceding for me. I never want to feel like I'm so spiritually strong and able to stand that I don't need the prayers of the saints. And I don't want to ever feel like that I can preach the gospel good enough, powerfully enough, without effective intercession for the people that hear it to see what I'm saying. Because the scales have fallen off their eyes because the weapons of our warfare are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing into captivity every thought. The blinded mind is no longer blinded. And a choice can be made because the mind can see clearly blessing and cursing, salvation or damnation. Christ offering to save us and the devil wanting to destroy us. Oh, friend, if that battle is going on right now, I had prayed the beginning of this broadcast before I opened my mouth at all that you would see what I'm saying that you would quit running deeper into the darkness away from Jesus, that you would come to Jesus, see the glorious offer of sins forgiven. Because today, dear friend, God wants to save you. God wants to seal you with the Holy Spirit. And God wants to keep you safe from the wrath to come. Oh, come to Jesus. And Christian, God is calling you because you are a saint. You are right with God. You have His righteousness granted by gift to you through the blood of Jesus Christ. He's calling you now to intercede for your brothers and sisters in Christ, for your pastor. Please pray for me and pray for kings and those that are in authority, that we might live a peaceable life and pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Pray there will be a peace come. Oh, friend, and pray for the lost that are on their way to damnation, to hell itself, living in the darkness of deception. And let's see a mighty harvest of souls just before Jesus comes and the door of the ark is closed in Jesus' name.